This is a WTOP original podcast. From Podcast One. Coming up in this episode of Target USA. Yevhenia Kravchuk is a Ukrainian member of parliament, and she says the world has to wake up to what Vladimir Putin and Russia are doing. If you try to, um, you know, to behave uh, by the rules, if you think you're behaving by the rules, but your counterpart just takes out the gun and shoots you, you know, that's not how dialogue works. She said all we need to do is to look back at Putin's behavior. Uh, and uh, I think that Putin crossed so many lines, red lines so many times that we need to wake up. This is not normal. This is not normal. And he is not normal. Coming up on this episode of Target USA. The National Security Podcast. From WTOP in Washington, D.C., this is Target USA. Russia could render huge harm to this country. North Korea's secret missile capable of reaching the whole of the United States. Dangerous terrorist. D.C. is repeatedly mentioned as someplace they would like to seek an attack. Cyber criminals. Decryption successful. America has a target on its back. And on this program, we investigate the threats, the people behind them, the agencies fighting them, and the impact on you. This is Target USA, the National Security Podcast. I'm J.J. Green. In the next three to four days, the war in Ukraine is expected to enter a new, even more deadly phase. An intelligence source tells me things will get really nasty in the Donbass region. But it's hard to imagine them getting nastier than they did in Bucha. There, we found instances where hundreds of people were executed and just left on the streets, some with their hands and feet tied. Russian troops supposedly are carrying mobile crematoriums with them as they move into Mariupol again. Eyewitnesses there report Russians locally have recruited people that comprise special brigades to collect and burn the bodies of Mariupol residents that they murder. It's a very difficult situation to comprehend. Joining us is Yevhenia Kravchuk. She's a member of the Ukrainian parliament to put into perspective what's happened and what she expects to come. Deputy Chair Kravchuk, uh, let me just say I'm very sorry, very, very sorry that you and your country and your fellow Ukrainians and the world is going through all of this right now. I just want to say that from the very beginning. Thank you for taking time to do this, and I know this is a very important moment. Um, so first, I'd like to ask you if you would just share with us your your thoughts on what's happening, where things stand right now. Uh, well, to begin with, uh, we really are thankful for everything that America does for Ukraine, especially for, for this attitude of uh, people who voted for, I know, for different candidates for presidency, who voted for different parties, but they do support Ukraine in this fight. Um, you know, when I was 15 years old, I first came into this country as an exchange student. I lived in Maryland for a year, started in American school. I still call my host family mom and dad. Um, and, you know, I remembered uh, the, uh, the, the words uh, of the anthem about uh, 
um, you know, the, the lands of the free and, uh, you know, the, 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 but the brave. The home but, of the brave. The home of the brave. Yes. Well, Ukraine is land of the free and home of the brave as well. But you cannot fight evil just with gravity. Yeah. You can't go there with bare hands. So uh, it's better not to be sorry. It's better to be supportive and helpful uh, for Ukrainians. Because, you know, it's not about the war in Ukraine. Uh, look at it as the uh, fight uh, of Western world uh, with democracy, with these pillars on uh, human rights, on rule of law, of freedom of speech, and absolute darkness that wants to uh, gain power. Um, yes. And if, if Putin as a uh, a war criminal, and if Russia is a country terrorist, which it became sorely, uh, if it, they do not get a clear response from the all civilized world, that he will go further. Yeah. And we will lose everything that we built up after the Second World War II, because uh, this whole, you know, structured architecture of security, of uh, human rights, it, it, it just breaks down when uh, one autocrat wants to uh, to do how he sees how, how he sees this world. And guess what? In this world, he doesn't see Ukraine at all. Yeah, uh, we've been you know we've been fighting with, with Russians for like hundreds of years. We had conflicts. I mean, we had this famine. We had uh, a, a lot of you know in history fightings. But this is the first time we have a state, a state that has an army, that has a political leadership that is not afraid to stand for uh, for our country and uh, so, so it's not about ukraine it's about the whole world uh, mm -hmm. so uh, what why we are here in washington we're actually a small group of women parliamentarians um just five of us and everyone can tell you uh, a story i mean my eight years old daughter sleeps in the basement and then next day she has to go to school online because schools offline do not work obviously because hundreds of them are being bombed uh, ruined completely yes you know people are, are fleeing it's, it's not about uh, you know war between militaries it's uh targeting civilians in purpose yeah. in purpose that is clearly let me ask you a few questions about this enemy that you're facing right now. One of the things that is one of the latest things that we've heard here in Washington today is that several people that are part of your delegation to try to engage in peace talks were poisoned. Um, I'm wondering if you've heard about this and uh, what that makes you think about. Well, uh, it's not our delegation here. So it's it's a delegation that um, is, is doing these peace negotiations for over a month. But as far as I know, uh, we didn't have the official uh, statement on that uh, from, uh, from Kiev. But uh, you know what? Putin is capable of everything. And um, when President Biden... Um, said he, his very important words, I think, it's very important that he said in Warsaw that United States will be with Ukraine till the end. But now we have to understand what is the end. Hmm. Uh, is it the end tearing our country apart because Putin wants part of the country? Because he thinks so that he can get this part of the country and no one can do anything in the world about it? Or is this... Uh, the end in victory of Ukraine. I mean, uh, let's be honest. Uh, how many days the intelligence services gave for Ukraine to stand? I mean, 
probably, I don't know, two weeks at the most, and key will fall and Russians will, will, will go inside. Well, guess what? It's more than months. And we are actually counterattacking in different regions. Of course, Russians, they do have more military, uh, more people. They, they do not care about their lives. They don't even take their dead bodies, by the way. Uh, but they have more tanks, more missiles, especially about missiles. They're so covered that they can't, you know, uh, gain control on the whole of the country on the ground with their boots. So they just send missiles, these Iskanders, uh, from the sea, thousands of um, uh, kilometers, miles uh, away, uh, because they know they, they will be kicked, you know, out of uh, of the ground if they try to pursue, uh, you know, further. Yeah. But but we can't fight with bare hands. Let's you know. Let's face it. Russia does have more uh, more tanks and missiles and 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 uh, stuff like that. We have high morality of our army. We have cues for to join the army. But these people who are joining the army should get uh, you know something in their hands to fight. Yeah. So how are those discussions going? Because I know a part of what you and your colleagues have been coming here for is to increase the discussions and increase, uh, for lack of a better word, the pressure uh, here in, in, in the U.S. and in other countries to help you get those things that you need. So how is that going? Uh, we're just starting our visit and we'll be having a visit in, in Congress. Uh, we're having a meeting with Palestinians policy. Also, we have our meetings in Senate, in Pentagon, in Department of State. So we have different you know, levels of, of, of the meetings. So I would want to be really, really clear uh, uh, because um, we, you know, we've sent this, you know, special list. Um, uh, it's, you know, obviously the secret information, but Pentacle has it. And um, what we want to, uh, to, you know, to give a message, uh, you can't, we can't get into the situation when it's going to be too late and too little. Because every day, uh, you know, we're losing lives. So these air defense systems, we need them now. These air jets, we need them now. Uh, because tomorrow uh, we also will need tanks to regain our territory. Uh, because when I see this, um, you know, um, uh, confusion was telling, well, we're not given escalatory weapons or we're not given offensive weapons. Well, let's get it clear. We're not going to Russian territory. We have to regain what Russians came and occupied. Yeah. Uh, you know what? In, in 1st of April, in some of the southern regions of Ukraine, they are put in ruble zone. No, our currency, ruble zone. And they're saying in, in the schools, no more Ukrainian language. And when they say that Ukraine uh, is some, um, you know, somehow oppressing Russian-speaking people, well, guess what? Russia killed thousands of Russian-speaking people, literally. Because all of these people in Kharkiv, in Mariupol, uh, which are stuck there uh, because Russians do not give the uh, humanitarian corridors, uh, they are all Russian-speaking. So this is such a hypocrisy, you know, what they uh, try to say to the whole world and what they do in real. So we need these uh, weapons and we need uh, to defend the air, of course, because missiles, I know, just come into every region. Just mm -hmm. let me give you one detail. When uh, President Biden was giving his speech in Warsaw, Putin was bombing Lviv. Lviv is um, a city, a big city in Western Ukraine. I think it was the closest uh, you know, um, first in, in history that Russian missiles got to the place which is so close to the 
American president. I mean, it's a couple hundred of miles. It's nothing. You know, it's nothing in in, in the um, you know lands how they how they come. This is a clear message that Putin is um, humiliating. I'm sorry, humiliating Western world. Yeah, and uh, Western world has to respond. Yeah. So on that point, I was listening to and watching an interview with one of your countrywomen who was bunkered in a shelter, hunkered down in a shelter in 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 Kiev right now, with her young children. And she was so upset. She was saying that the world is afraid of Putin because it lets him get away with things. It, you know, it doesn't want to say Putin should be removed from power. It doesn't want to uh, say that Putin is a killer. It doesn't want to say that Putin is a terrorist, as you said. What do you think it is that makes Western nations or to some degree some people uh, reluctant to say what's going on with Vladimir Putin? Well, you know what? I think that history repeats. Remember Hitler in 1939 when he invaded uh, Poland. I mean, other countries sort of, you know, said, okay, maybe he'll get this country and then, you know, he will stop. And, you know, it ended up in 1945 with millions of people uh, that that died. So if you try to, um, you know, to behave uh, by the rules, if you think you're behaving by the rules, but your counterpart just takes out the gun and shoots you, you know, that's not how dialogue works. Uh, and uh, I think that Putin crossed so many lines, red lines, so many times that we need to wake up. This is not normal. This is not normal. And he is not normal. So the response has to be very firm because he will go further. Because you know what? Uh, by Russian sociology, uh, Russians think that 71% of Russians think that the next country Russia should invade is Poland. Poland, because they, you know, stand in helping Ukraine, standing up, and you know uh, what uh, what Ukrainian uh, Ukrainians say is, uh, it looks like that uh, morality ends with the borders of NATO, yeah. and you know my people, because I'm 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 a P, I'm you know I'm, I'm straightforward, I'm representing people, and people are asking me, are our kids that. Uh, are being killed every day. Do they differ from the kids in Warsaw, in Washington, in Berlin, yeah. in, in any other country? What's the difference? Yeah, no, I, I hear you. I totally hear you. Um, you know, this is a thing that people need to clearly stand up and address head on, and it can't be done behind the veil of diplomacy Probably because Vladimir Putin, as you say, and his Kremlin organization doesn't recognize diplomacy. They don't recognize democracy uh, the same way the West does. And so I want to ask you just a couple of more quick questions here. Um, when When you're done here in Washington with this trip, what will have made this trip successful? Weapons that will be sent, shipped to Ukraine uh, as fast as possible, and also to put more sanctions. Because for example, for bank system, uh, not all banks uh, got into the sanctions. Uh, the biggest banks, Bank and also the uh, Bank of Hasbrom are not in the sanctions. So you know, it, it creates a, a huge loophole for them. And uh, every day they're getting money for, these, for their gas, for their oil, and every dollar 
every you know every euro because well obviously America is not buying every euro that Europeans are buying returns as a bullet returns just you know very fast and guess what all those money that uh, you know they get from from this gas from this oil uh, the ordinary people don't see them they are you know they live in poverty only oligarchs get this you know put in uh, closest circle and the, the army, they're buying tanks, you know, putting put this, uh, put this money into, uh, into weapons. That's what happens every time, every day, when uh, gas and, uh, and oil uh, goes uh, from Russia to, uh, to Europe and, uh, and money flows the, the, the return way. So um, the government said today that it was concerned, it was upset with the, the International Red Cross because a number of um, reports are out there that the Red Cross has facilitated the forced deportation of Ukrainians to Russia, has helped with that. What's your message to the Red Cross? Uh, You know, just remember why you were created. You were meant to help people. Well, right now you are responsible for uh, for those people from Ukraine going uh, forcibly. I mean, no, it's a, it's a too uh, complicated. Kidnapped. These people are being kidnapped and sent to Russia. Forty thousand uh, Ukrainians uh, uh, have been uh, taken forcibly from Ukraine and. Uh, sent to, uh, to to Russia, and by the way, they're not, you know, staying in uh, these uh, cities close to the border. The government would say, "We don't have this quarter. We'll send you to the far east. You have to go for like ten thousand of miles to Siberia or something." And they get this ticket saying, "You cannot leave Russia for two years," and they have these camps, filtration camps. Uh, looking, you know, oh, you, you, you Ukrainian, you speak Ukrainian, oh, we'll send you, you know, far away to Siberia. Uh, and what did Red Cross uh, uh, said that what they want to do? They want to put a camp in Rostov, in Russia, to help to kidnap Ukrainians and to go there. This is, uh, you, you know, uh, I can't really, you know, explain by morality. I'm pretty sure there's too many Russians working in Red Cross and on the top level. And it's part, I'm sorry, of corruption. Uh, and that's what they do in different organizations. I mean, look at the United Nations. United Nations had became the League of Nations. You know, the, the, you know, the history, how they failed uh, to, to prevent uh, previous wars. Uh, so the, the United Nations were created to be, um, uh, you know, um, uh, to, to have the resources to do it. But uh, Russia stays in the Defense Council and blocking everything about Ukraine. And he, they are, part, you know, the, the, the aggressor. So can you imagine how, you know, it, it doesn't even you know, get into your head that aggressor is blocking everything. Uh, to uh, to help uh, um, uh, to help Ukraine. So I mean, we will need to rethink what after we win because we are sure that we will win. We have the courage, and we will need you know the the uh, proper weapons to do it. But we will win, and after that, we'll have to sit and look at this architecture of the world and say you know firmly and to be uh, straightforward: what didn't work and why. If it doesn't work, then we need another system. Speaking of a system, you talked about the United Nations. I think it was in 1994 or it was in it was some time ago. I think maybe it was 1994 in the early 90s when the United Nations promised Ukraine in response in in to for for Ukraine giving up its nuclear weapons 
that if it were threatened, that it would be there for Ukraine. Do you feel like they've uh, come through on that promise? Well, uh, that was called Budapest Memorandum. It was signed by, not by all the countries of the United Nations, but uh, uh, it was signed by United States, by Great Britain, and it was signed by Russia as well. Uh, and in this memorandum, there was uh, a sentence that, uh, well, Ukraine has given up the nuclear weapon. We did that, you know, we forfeited it. Um, and and uh, all of these countries, they guarantee the territorial integrity. And guess what? In 2014, the annexation of Crimea happened. And world eat it, you know, world just watched and said, no, 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 don't do don't do anything, not, you know, not to, 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 to. And, because it hasn't been stopped in Georgia in 2008, it hasn't been stopped in 2014 with annexation of Crimea and a war in Donbass that started there. Then we have 2022 and Putin, uh, uh, you know, um, uh, blackmailing uh, the whole world with nuclear, you know, nu- nuclear power, and uh, just because he thinks, you know, the the, the his country is imperial. And he has to behave as an emperor, but not a democratically elected uh, leader. So every time world close their eyes on what Putin, you know, degraded to, that put uh, the you know, past to to, uh, to this war, uh, this full scale war that is happening in February and in March of 2022. Nothing goes, uh, you know, uh, from any, you know, to anywhere. It yes. has consequences. Yes. Well, uh, MP Kravchuk, thank you so much for taking time to talk with me today. Uh, again, I'm very sorry thank about. You. Thank you for the help. Yeah, I'm very sorry about what you're going through. Just want to ask you very briefly before I go: Is there anything you want to add that I haven't asked you about that you think is important? I just want to thank American people, really. I want to thank American people, and we feel this. And please call one of your uh, congressmen, your senator, to put pressure on, uh, you know, on, on the government as well, because uh, we are afraid that I know, it will be uh, another week or two, and uh, you know, world will be just getting tired of, of this war. And every day we lose people, we lose children, uh, we, 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 you know, the women being raped. Uh, it's, uh, it's, you know, war crimes committed every day. So please, let's stop it together. Well, Member of Parliament uh, Kravchuk, Evgenia Kravchuk from Ukraine, we are so grateful to have had the chance to talk to you today. Thank you. We will stay on this story and we'll talk to you again soon. Thank you. That's it for this episode of Target USA. Coming up in our next episode... How did the U.S. know what Russia was going to do in Ukraine before they did it? I think this episode tells us that we have really good multi-source intelligence about what's going on in Russia today. Amy Ziegert is a senior fellow at both the Hoover Institution and the Freeman Spogli Institute. It looks like it's not just technical capabilities, not just intercepted communications. It looks like from the public reporting, we have human sources. And that's particularly important since we know we had a high level human source who had to be exfiltrated from Russia after the 2016 election. So it looks like we have more than one source uh, highly placed inside the inner circle in the Kremlin. That's coming up on the next episode of Target USA. In the meantime, if you have any questions or comments about the program, send me an email. You can reach me at jgreen at wtop.com. The letter J, the color green, one word, 
at Whiskey Tango Oscar Papa. Jay Green at WTOP.com. Also, please subscribe to our podcast and follow us on Twitter. We're at TUSA Podcast. That's at Tango Uniform Sierra Alpha Podcast. And if you want more national security news, you can sign up for my newsletter. It's called Inside the Skiff, and you can sign up at WTOP.com slash email. I'm J.J. Green, and this is Target USA. The National Security Podcast. I'm Martin Cove, Sensei John Kreese from Cobra Kai and the Karate Kid Trilogy. And who's kicking it with the Coves this week, Rach? We have Jacob Bertrand, who plays Hawk from Cobra Kai. I'm so excited. You know, my dad's a doctor, so he has to, like, wear the scrubs and the special hat and all that crap. And so he found out that I was getting a mohawk. He was like, dude, oh, I'm so jealous. I wish I could have a mohawk at my job. Oh, God, you're so lucky. Don't miss out. Listen to and follow Kicking It With The Coves. Now at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Podcast One. Now, stay tuned for the latest headlines from the Associated Press.